It's time to match a face to the voice. Come to the Dennis and Team Boost Festival to meet the Dental Amigos in person. Friday, May 31st and Saturday, June 1st, Dr. Paul Goodman will be hosting an exciting dentistry event in Center City, Philadelphia, featuring all-stars in the dental industry. You'll have the opportunity to meet and mingle with industry leaders, including Robert Montgomery, Mark Costas, Desiree Yazdan, and more. Learn in a dynamic atmosphere from dentists who are creating innovative procedures and sharing their reliable approaches. Go to dentalnachos.com for more information and to purchase your tickets. Welcome to the Dental Amigos podcast with Dr. Paul Goodman and attorney Rob Montgomery, taking you behind the scenes of the dental business world, all the things you didn't learn in dental school but wish you had. Rob is not a dentist and Paul is not a lawyer, but since Rob is a lawyer, we need to tell you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be considered legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not and will not create an attorney-client relationship. As is always the case, you should formally consult with legal counsel before proceeding with any legal matter. Learn more about The Dental Amigos at www.thedentalamigos.com. And now, here are The Dental Amigos. Hello, I'm Rob Montgomery, and welcome to another episode of The Dental Amigos, where we're joined, as always, by the head nacho himself, Dr. Paul Goodman. Hey, Rob. Fun to be here. Hey, Paul. It's good to see you. Uh, and we've got two consecutive episodes with uh, with guests, so that's always cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah, bring new people in. Uh, and today, uh, we have the, uh, the privilege of having Dr. Desiree Yazdan uh, on the show with us. Uh, Desiree is a dental practice owner and leading cosmetic dentist in Newport Beach, California. She's passionate about the dental health and aesthetic appeal of her patients and uh, a very, very progressive uh, marketer, especially when it comes to Instagram. We confirmed right before the show that she has 103,000. That is impressive. Instagram followers. Yeah. So we're going to talk uh, to Desiree today about how she does that and kind of what his, her strategy is with um, with marketing generally and specifically uh, the uh, the Instagram following that she has as well as uh, some practice owner stresses and uh, as Paul, as you said, the selfie ready yeah, teeth. Yeah, creating selfie ready teeth. I wanna hear about that. <laughs> and uh, now without further ado, here is Dr. Desiree Yazdan. And uh, hello Desiree, hello Amiga, and thanks for being on the show. Hi there. How are you guys? I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. We're excited to have you, Desiree, and we always start off with some tough questions. Uh, So I would ask, if we were uh, out in California, where would we go for nachos and uh, what would be your favorite topping or what topping would we get? Okay, so actually Javier's has some really good nachos. Javier's is a really nice Mexican restaurant. Um, They have one in Irvine and one in Newport. They've got some really good nachos. And then if a surprising place that has really good nachos is um, the Ritz-Carlton and Laguna Niguel. Surprisingly, they have delicious nachos. I don't know. I I like shredded chicken on top with some jalapenos, even though I don't really like spicy food. Um, Some cheese, of course. Maybe some olives. I I like it. I always like when uh, someone, you know, I love nachos. I like shredded chicken. I mean, they, also, I like when there's a place that has it that you wouldn't expect to have good nachos, but they're good, like, you know, the Ritz there. So, yeah, uh, yeah. they're Thanks. so good. They have, like, this really good chorizo on top. I don't even like chorizo, but there, I'm like, oh, can we have extra chorizo? <laughs> yeah, see, that's it's a mark, mark of a good a good place. Um, well, I really enjoyed getting to know you and, and all the things you do. I think it's cool. And um, we did a poll on dental nachos to kind of bring out some, you know, some what people like to hear. And, um, you do a lot of cosmetic dentistry. We'll tell Rob soon what selfie ready teeth uh, 
means, but tell me a little bit about your journey with, you know, learning cosmetic dentistry. I know patients have high demands, which can be both good and challenging, but uh, where you learned after dental school to do some of these, you know, veneer cases and smile makeovers. Okay, so first of all, patients do have really high demands. I think especially where I practice in Southern California, um, they have a very, very high expectation of exactly what they want. So um, it's my job to really, you know, tell them what they can expect to get because sometimes their expectations are off. But anyways, I learned mostly from having a really good mentor. So as soon as I graduated, I had known I wanted to do a lot of cosmetic work when I was in dental school. So I tried to find you know, a bunch of people that I thought did a good job and found a few people that I kind of looked up to as mentors and I would just go in their office and shadow them, even when I was graduated, even when I was working and I would stay there all day and I would ask tons of questions. Why did you do it this way? Why did you prep it like this? Why did you use the cement? What about this? What if this happens? And then um, after some time, I started doing some CE courses and I found that the CE courses I did, I didn't really learn too much but what it did is have me have more questions that I would then That's go great. back to them and be like, okay, what if this happens? What if that happens? So, so much of it was really just being in it, watching, learning from other people and then doing it myself. So when I was an associate, I was at a few practices that were doing a lot of cosmetic work. So I was surrounded by it and I was always doing it. And the thing about me is I was never shy to ask a question. Like I always know, even now I have my own business. I've been doing it for a long time. I think I'm really good at what I do, but there are times when things come up and I'm not shy to call someone who's more seasoned than me and say, Hey, this happened. Like, what do I do? So I think that's kind of a key thing that, um, younger dentists should always know is that you don't know everything. There's just no way. There's always someone that has more experience than you. So it's okay to learn from someone else. So, yeah. That, that's an awesome story about mentorship. And also, I just want to point out, we recently uh, did an episode on uh, residencies after dental school. And I had an opportunity to spend um, more than one year inside of a hospital as a dental resident. But I met all the medical residents. And one of the things I think it's hard to... I try to share with Rob the challenges of uh, dentisting. You know, we're going to get him to do a filling at some point. I don't know where we have to go, Dominican Republic or something. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I can probably I, go farther than that. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, I think... Um, uh, when you're in a hospital-based setting, and I had a chance to do it for just a couple of years, I saw the doctors interacted, and they would just be in the cafeteria a lot of times and say, oh, is this normal on your patient? Maybe it's a blood pressure. Maybe it's this. And they were on site together yeah. as doctors. Yeah. And with dentists, you know, we're in our own offices. And, you know, mm -hmm. who do you ask is this normal to? You know, especially with cosmetic cases, you know, which are challenging because it might look good to you, not to the patient. might look good to the patient, not to you. And I yeah. commend you for seeking out mentors like that. And, uh you know, that's just a, such a, a cool way to learn, to sort of merge, see, you learn in a classroom style, which I agree has limitations, and then in the real world. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. So, and you did, uh, you own your practice, and you acquired it yeah. in, in, in 2014, and I'm sure everything has just gone entirely smooth as could be since then. <laughs> There's never a bad day, never any any problems dreams, or yeah. any angst. Just like being a parent nothing, or, right? or a Piece spouse, everything's perfect, right? Yeah. A piece of cake. I mean, I'm jumping on this podcast with you guys, like, and literally there's so many problems that if I just pick up my phone right now, there's probably 40 text messages <laughs> that I have of, 
of what's going on. But you know, it's all it's all part of it. Um, yeah. So I I graduated in 2012, and I always knew I wanted my own practice, but. Um, some wise people being my parents told me, no, you don't want your own practice right now. Just learn from everyone you can. And I really took that um, to heart. My dad is a really smart businessman and he has nothing to do with dentistry, but he would always tell me you need to learn from everyone. People that are, you know, smarter than you, like less smart than you, people who know more than you, know less than you, people that are better, slower, whatever, learn from everyone. And I kind of didn't really understand what that meant until I put myself in that position and I said, okay, so you learn what to do, what not to do. And so I was an associate at a bunch of different offices and then um, it was time to move on and I became partners with somebody in the practice that I have now. And shortly, about a year and a half after our partnership, she decided she didn't want to practice dentistry anymore. And she stopped practicing dentistry while I was out of the country. Um, a complete surprise, about it. right? Big surprise. I was on an airplane. I finally got Wi-Fi. And um, she never told me. And I got an email that she had sent to all the patients that she's no longer practicing dentistry. And that, that email was forwarded to me by somebody else and I was like so shocked and I was like what do I even do I'm like I'm on an airplane yeah. that's like the worst case scenario yeah. it's like, it's like, and I was literally on the other side of the world like I don't even have access to like talk to people yeah. and I was like are you kidding and so yeah it was it was like the worst case scenario I and also like I, to be on a plane with Wi-Fi. Yeah, right, it's like, yeah, yeah, I get this, so I'm going to get some stuff done. And then I get this thing like, <laughs> yeah, now what am I going to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah right, Start exactly. Like, I can't, as you say, you can't call that. anybody. Like, literally that. I, I can remember it like it was yesterday because I, I thought, oh, you know how they say, oh, you have Wi-Fi on the plane? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I finally got it to work because I'd been <laughs> yeah. trying. It was an 11-hour flight. And for like three hours, I'd been trying to get Wi-Fi. And finally I got it and I was like, yes. And the first thing I do is check my email. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And I click on it and I was like, what? I remember my husband was in the restroom and he comes back and like, he goes, oh my God, what happened? And he's like, what happened? And my face was just like, I was probably pale. I probably looked like I was gonna faint. Like, I think I was sobbing. I don't even remember, but I was like so hysterical. I'm surprised that they didn't like emergency land the plane for me <laughs> just to get me off right. and then um i remember the first thing i did once i actually landed is i called all the employees i said i don't really know what's going on but just hold the fort down you guys will all have a job no problem don't worry about it i'll take care of you just work really hard while you're there i'll be back and whenever i was going back like a week or two later and um i think it was a week later and so yeah it was it was rough most of the patients left the practice um, because they were angry and whatever. They had all kinds of issues that they were unhappy about and they left. So I was left with a practice with employees that are very highly paid and deserve to be highly paid and, you know, rent to pay. Um, it's not the ideal situation. So, yeah, I was left with some difficult decisions of what I'm supposed to do and Luckily, I've figured it out and I'm really thankful for what's come. It's come a pretty long way since then. 
That's a cool story, and it's cool that you've obviously gotten through that. So one of Paul's uh, nacho poll questions is, what are the main stressors, or what are some of the stressors of being a practice owner? Aside from that little incident. <laughs> yeah, uh, a daily stressor. Like yeah. to, what I like to do, Desiree, you know, Rob's welcome to come to the office and put on scrubs. He doesn't even have the dentist, but he can be part of the team because I have an am- amazing team. They cry a lot for an amazing team, but they're amazing criers. Um, no, but I'm just joking because they, you know, the, the stresses that teams have all day. And I, I actually, you know, like to point this out to our listeners and, and to, to Rob and, and a, a dinner podcast person, dental team members and the dentist work actually so physically close to each other all day long, you know, yes. which is a tough, tough uh, thing. But what are some of the sort of chronic uh, challenges that you face as a practice owner or even something uh, from today? For me is really making sure everything gets done because you know you tell people oh this is your job this is what you're supposed to do every day this is how you do it i mean i have like a handbook that anybody can pick up and go through it and see like what they're supposed to do but then those things don't get done and it's really hard i mean you know how it is you're working all day on patients it's not like you're sitting in your office just managing people all day and you're, you're physically working. So you don't have time to like check up on people. And then all of a sudden you, like something will happen and you'll, you'll start looking into something and be like, wait, why are, why are you not doing this? Or why yeah. did you decide you're changing the way <laughs> to do this when it should have been? So I think just managing staff um, consistently and then always trying to like make better systems and put better systems in place so that those things don't fall through the cracks. Um, stuff like that. I think those are some of the biggest stressors. I mean, I feel the same way. I, I feel, you know, I, I really enjoy the team that we have and I like all the people on it. And maybe just I have such a background in playing a, a team team sports. I'm, I was just was a really good three point shooter back in high school. In case I was wondering, <laughs> 43 threes is a junior, second in the conference. But that's just a side point. But I, since I played so many team sports, <laughs> yeah, team sports. I um, Dan Marino shaking his head in the corner. Yeah, yeah. I don't like Dan see what Yeah, no, that's we're going the over the sporting club. Yeah, after, I will. No, we're, we're gonna gonna I, I got a picture right? of this. I got a, I got I got a picture. Um, I think. Uh, playing team sports just got me used to being like, okay, not everything I did was right, or people would tell me what to do, and and we couldn't, we all couldn't make individual decisions. So sometimes my team will come in, and, and I will say, all right, I really would like you to do A, B, and C, and they will come in and do X, Y, Z, and they'll yes. work hard, and they're just like, I, I had my own agenda. I heard what you had to say, but I'm – and it's what's the challenging point is they're good people. They're working yeah. hard. But I'm like, yeah. it's kind of like a sports team. I mean, uh, the the Eagles are a big, you know, people like the Eagles around here. They're uh, and they just, you know, got into the second round of the Giants playoff. Right. Not not lucky or anything how they got in the playoff second round. But I'm um, <laughs> I'm just used to saying, well, if we all do our own thing, the team is not going to win. And I think dental teams yeah. can be like that. And it's it's hard to um, I'm try to share with uh, Rob and the listeners who see who aren't owners. It's like you all have to be on the same page with the same signals being called or else things just go very annoying. You know, it's like things exactly. can just go, you know. That's exactly you know. what it is. <laughs> yeah. um, I agree with you. I, I get the let's do A, B, and C today, and then X, Y, and Z comes through the door, and <laughs> then you're like, and it's true. They, they are working hard. Those X, Y, and Z factors need to get done. It's just that I wanted you to do A, B, and C first, and I have a reason for yeah, it, right. you know. Well, I mean, and sometimes, I, you know, we had a – between Christmas and New Year's is the only time my entire office is actually really close. So we just came back from that. And I remember my, um, 
I went, I had so many things for my office manager to do. And I, I started giving her task after task after task. So make sure you do this and this and this and this and blah, blah, blah. And finally, like by 12 PM, she looked at me and she goes, okay, what's the priority here? Because I can't do it all. And I was like, okay, so that's fine. I understand. Good so question. Let's, yeah. But that's good. Like that, I think that kind of communication is good. It's just hard when it's like you have set expectations and then those things don't get done and other things get done. But it's a fine yeah. line too, yeah. you know, and, and we deal with this in my practice yeah. too. But like we had Lisa Mergens on the show, Paul, and, yeah. you know, she talked about empowering people to right. be able to do things. And, you know, you want to be able to do that. And truly, if your organization is going to advance and grow, you need to empower people. Yeah. But, you know, by the same token, you have these, you know, these guidelines and these yes. sort of, you know, directives that are in place for a reason. So, you know, it's probably it's a, it's a challenge to, to figure out what's what's OK to deviate, because if, if, if everybody just wants to if you have to tell everybody what to do all the time and just to do it that way, you're like making yourself, you know, well, whatever. The yeah, opposite you, of indispensable. Right. Yes. right? <laughs> you know, and Desiree, I mean, I, I have uh, we have some, you know, Dan is, a, is an excellent video guy. I always want to make a dental video. I mean, one of my dreams was writing for like SNL. I would love to write those skits and I would. uh do one for the dental video and it'd be like, you know, it'd be staged and like you would have a fire in the corner and your team member would be like, I think we should stock the impression trays. And I'd be like, what about that fire? Like, we'll get that later. Yeah. And just to drive home the point, and, and it's not easy. This is what they don't teach you in dental school. And we've drilled into this a yeah. lot. You know, how to share those priorities, how to do it without seeming uh, like you're a micromanager, but also yes. being a good leader. It's like these, you walk yes. these fine lines. And uh, I think it's great for you to share that because, uh, there's a lot of associates out there, dental students listen to us, dental residents, you know, who think, you know, when I own a practice, everything's just going to be great. And I, you know, yeah. that's why I appreciate you sharing because it doesn't mean that it's not great. It's just mean you have a whole different set of stress each day. Uh, and I've, you know, yeah. Rob and I co-lecture on this a lot. I mean, it's, you know, I know you have your Pomeranian there as, as a, your, your four-legged uh, furry <laughs> child. I mean, it's like being a practice yeah. parent, you know, and it's a, uh, it's something that, uh, they should bring in people like us to dental schools, just even for an afternoon. I just, agree. And just this should they shouldn't say lecture. They shouldn't say put anything together. They should sit and just say, what happened to you yesterday? And then if you shared yes. your day, it would at least get, share with them some of the things you have to think about. Because, you know, Rob has turned into a lot of things about being mindful and 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 make sure you take care of yourself and all the decisions you need to make. And I think that's what. You know, the, the take home message be outside the humor is owners have to make so many decisions each day that have nothing to do with teeth. And exactly. You know, you yeah. Get, uh, and that's something I think I wasn't even really prepared for. Even as a partner, I wasn't that prepared for it until, you know, everything became mine. And then it's like you have a vision and you need to, like, get to that vision. But you feel like you're held back by so many other things. And you really need like the people that you work with to be like the architects to build you and get you to that next level. Like you can't do it yourself, but that's the thing. Everybody has to be on the same page. So, and yeah, it's not all, you know, roses and butterflies. Yeah. It's, it's really hard, but if you love it, it's okay. But it's, it is a lot of work. Actually, one of my friends the other day, she doesn't love her position. She's not, um, 
she's not a dentist, so she's a pharmacist and she doesn't love her position currently. And she was trying to tell me how she wants to open an office in Newport Beach and it's going to be so cute and this and that. And she was like so happy about the idea. And she, the whole thing is her whole thing is she wants to reduce her stress load. I said, Oh, if you're thinking about opening your own office in Newport beach, you are going to have way more stress <laughs> yeah, right. than you have now. Like right now you clock in, you clock out, you're done. When you have your own business, it's like you're, as soon as you wake up, even sometimes in your sleep, you're planning things like literally I'll, I'll wake up and be like, why was I thinking about that in my sleep? But sometimes in your sleep, you're planning things. You wake up and you make a task list of everything that you need to get done that day. And then you come home and you're like, oh shoot, let me catch up on all these other things I need to do. And it's, uh, I feel like the actual dental part, like the dental work part is such a small portion of what I actually do. It, it's funny you said that and we'll move on in a second, but my dad who was a great mentor to me and just great friend. And, and when I was going through dental school and having challenges with the, like the wax ups, I always find the school bar, he's like, dentistry will one day be the easy part. And I mean, sometimes I run into my operatory because they know they can't bother me if I'm seeing a patient, I'm on stage because you know, <gasps> you know, and, and it's, it's interesting how it becomes like that because it's like, it yeah. becomes your safe zone. And when you go out of there, you see someone, you know, I, they say, I have uh, something to tell you. Is it a good thing? No, it's not a good thing. So, you know, it's yeah. a, uh, it's interesting as we, well, we've, we've talked about that before. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's for me too. It's like, it's a luxury when I get, just get to do the professional. Thing, <laughs> yeah. You know? right. Yeah. 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 Close the door and reviewing this agreement. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like you said, it's just, that's, yeah, but it's the everything days else. where all I'm doing is treating patients, those are the great days. Yeah, it's right. the days when I have thir- a 30-minute gap here or there or like an hour gap or something where if someone comes off the schedule, those are the days where it's like really – because. And then those are also the days that I realize like, oh, this isn't being done the way it needs to be or you know what, this is broken. Why wasn't it brought to my attention? Type yeah, of thing, totally. You know? I, I, yeah. Agree, I agree. So, so you know, now we're talking about stressors. I have to have to ask this question because this is really kind of being yeah. a recurring theme for us now, too, is like, what do you do to manage stress? Like, you know, do you exercise? Is there something special? Do you meditate? Like what what kind of keeps you going without just totally, okay. you know, burning so yourself out on all this? Like, Two years ago, I hit like my maximum stress point where I was like, I can't live like this anymore because all I was doing is working. I was stressed out beyond belief. I was trying to figure out how I'm going to, you know, continue getting patients in my office. Um, So I hit like my maximum of I just like I this is not what life should be about. Like life should be enjoyable. So it started for me with mindset. I took on like the the idea that things won't always, things will never be perfect. When something is really, really good, something else will be really, really bad. And that's just the way it is. So it's like a balancing game. And I shouldn't try to strive for everything to just in my life to always just be completely perfect because it won't. So once I realized that, then the other things helped. Like, yes, I do exercise. Um, I try to exercise like five days a week. Um, I try to like do fun activities and I, I really try to make plans for like one time during the week and then on weekends to make sure that I'm going to do something that's fun with friends or family, with my husband, whatever that is. Or like, you know, sometimes I have a really stressful day and the thought of like going to the gym stresses me out. Yeah. I'll just come home and walk my dog. Like that's something funny. like I've tried to listen to myself more of like what will make me happy and then do that not try to 
cram everything in. Oh, well, you know, I could walk my dog, but I really need to respond to these 30 emails. You know, if those 30 emails have sat in my inbox for the past two weeks, they can sit there for another day, you know? Yeah. So kind of just like listen to myself and like what I need. So those are how I manage my stress. That's cool. I mean, I, I have to imagine though, like just like accepting the fact that everything can't be perfect is probably very difficult though for a person like you are obviously very type a you know you've gone through school and now you know practice ownership and very much at the head of the class obviously um but it's not like you know it's not an easy thing to just accept that and and it's 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 a very healthy thing like you are so particular about how you do everything and everything has to be like as perfect as you can make it like you guys you know that and so to accept that, but like I've tried to prioritize things. For example, um, my office desk, I will clean it every single day. It will be spotless. I'm not joking you. I will walk in the next morning and it is a complete disaster. There's stuff piled up on it, like papers I need to sign, cases I need to look at, whatever you could imagine is on there. And that used to stress me out. And now I'm like, oh, well, it's just part of it. As long as like you know, I have this thing like better done than perfect, but that doesn't, that doesn't travel when it comes to doing the dentistry, like the dentistry, I'm still very particular. Like it has to be perfect. Like this is just what it is. And the care of the patients the same way, like you can't, every patient should be treated like gold. So that we have standards for that. Like there's no exceptions, but other things like, so what, like my, you know, I didn't sign all these papers this day, like I'll sign them tomorrow morning, or I didn't, whatever, my desk is messy at the office, or, you know, this broke, and it wasn't fixed right away, like we can fix it. I don't know, it was a hard shift to accept that not everything will always be perfect, and to just like juggle it, but it was, it actually worked. And like, the more the time passes, and the more I try to keep that mindset, the easier it is. That's cool. That's, that's a great. Healthy, that's yeah. a great attitude towards it. Where um, uh, I wanted to shift gears, ask a little bit about your Instagram, and I have a close friend here in uh, Philadelphia who's going to be uh, speaking with you at our dentist team boost, Todd Fleischman. You guys kind of remind me of each other. Can't wait for you to meet him. He does a lot of cosmetic dentistry and uh, has a good Instagram presence too. Uh, as you were developing yourself after that, you know, when you were building your practice back up, and you utilized mm-hmm. Instagram, and I know that was the, one of the more popular parts of our poll. Uh, Give us a, like a, some Desiree uh, summary or some ways to find some Instagram followers or get Instagram followers in a genuine way. Uh, and okay. Then, and you can share so, with Rob, and I mean, it's like the selfie ready teeth is, you know, Rob has a, an awesome uh, young daughter who takes selfies. I mean, I'll Aww. preface this with a, one of my mediocre jokes. Like, you know, my office, Desiree, my core patients are all like 60 to 80. There's like a 90% chance their name is Millie, um, which I love, you know, doing implants. And if I, if, if I, if I they, say... They like all the jokes. Yeah, yeah right? they like the jokes. Yeah, they, um, <laughs> if I say, look at your teeth and I hand them a mirror, I'm like, don't look so close to that mirror. Hold it back here, you know, so they don't see as well. But your patients yeah. with the selfie-ready teeth are, you know, probably taking uh, Instagram snapshots of what you do. So how do you find these followers? Um and then share, I see the cases you share on Instagram are awesome. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, thank you. Okay, so I have tons of ways to help get your feed be seen by potential patients um, authentically. So like one thing that's really important is first understanding that Instagram is a two-way street. It's a two-way conversation. So you can't expect to just post and then think that people are gonna like what you're posting. Nobody cares what you're posting, especially when it comes to like, dentistry like if you are posting beauty or fashion or like stuff like that 
yeah, you might get noticed more easily, but when it comes to dentistry, like nobody's really on there looking for teeth. Like I call Instagram stumble upon marketing because people just stumble upon your account. No one's really, maybe now more people are actively looking or like if they see you on Google or something, maybe they'll Google you and they'll find your Instagram and then analyze it. Um, But I don't think people are jumping on the platform. So one thing to do is um, keep in mind, it's a two way road. So you want to go out there and start making connections with people. So for example, I, um, my practice is behind a popular mall called Fashion Island. It's a really nice mall. There's a bunch of cafeterias in there. There's like a bunch of stores. There's just Starbucks. There's a bookstore. So I would go into like the hashtag of like Fashion Island Mall or Fashion Island and, or this, I would click on the location of the Starbucks at the Fashion Island where people are checking in and posting their photos. And you find people in your area. And for example, if somebody is at Starbucks drinking, I don't know, a iced tea, you could just drop them a comment like, hey, good choice on the iced tea. Did you know that drinking iced tea stains your teeth less than drinking hot tea? Just something like useful but not just like, oh, cute drink, you know, yeah. like something like a useful comment or, you know, it doesn't even have to be like dental related. It could be like you just jump onto someone's account and you actually read their posts. Let's say they're out to lunch with their children and they post like, oh, first family lunch of whatever, 2019. And then you write, oh, I love that restaurant. That's a great restaurant. What did you guys order? Like start a conversation with people in your area and you know, they might respond back to you. And guess what? The next time they break a tooth, they might think, oh, wait, that dentist responded to me on Instagram. Let me go see who that is. Or when their kid falls and has an accident and, you know, they don't know what to do. It's a Sunday night or a Saturday night. They might message you and say, hey, my kid fell. I don't know what to do. Like their tooth is loose. Is that normal? Is it okay? What do I do? So it's really finding people in your community to start building relationships with and being like, Um, you know, like you got to think about it a little bit. Like my ideal patient would be a mom who is in her like early to mid thirties. And what is that mom doing in Newport beach? Well, she's probably wearing Lululemon and she's probably, you know, at the gym. So I would look up things like hashtags of like mom life, like Newport beach or mom bun, like things that moms, young moms would be hashtagging and find them in that way. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it was, and I was, yeah. Rob was interested in hearing a lot about Instagram. I mean, I, I have to admit, I've had some of my team help me bring me into Instagram, and I'm glad that I met you through that because I was saying, yeah. you know, I can't take another social media thing. I know that'll happen in us where we're like, well, I'm not doing Snapagram, whatever it is. You know, I'm, I'm done. I'm done at this point. Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, uh, you know, I, Rob, I and mean, Gary V, I like Gary V. You know, he's a, he's a, um, an energetic guy, but he talked about that technique. And, you know, I just think it's cool that to me, since I do so much on Facebook and I receive so much on Facebook, it can become heated, sometimes negative. And Instagram so far for me, just feels like a very positive vibe. I'm sure there's times where people aren't that way. And I think those nice little bits of interaction are kind of like, it's like a dosage. I feel that is good for human interaction instead of having 157 comments of people arguing over occlusion, you know, it's a, 
It just there's yeah. something meaningful but also positive about it. I don't know. Well, that's genuine. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. being genuine. Yeah, that right. is genuine. I mean, people kind of get mugged with advertisements all the time, and you know, yeah. you'll see you know, the things that pop up in your Facebook feed that are ads. You kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So occasionally, you'll kind of take a double yeah. take, but generally, you just kind of keep yes. going. You know, and and if somebody's doing yeah. something that's genuine and interesting and truly engaging, then it's like it is more personal. Yeah, you know? I, I, uh, I. Yeah. Uh, um, see that and um, I really like a lot of the things you write you know I on Instagram uh, do you just enjoy writing like you have a lot of like um, uh, long posts about whether it's the owner you know what all the things we've talked about uh, is that something that Dennis should do let's say you're just coaching someone I know you do coaching on Instagram I know you come up with courses which is awesome let's say someone's like and Rob works with a lot of startup clients so let's say they're saying okay I want to be me and I'm going to do this. How about the content of the post in terms of the words? I'm just curious to hear. Okay. So the long form captions are strategic. So if you think about Instagram, if I'm trying to market my business on Instagram, there's a big barrier between me and that person. There's a phone, there's an app. They're not actually seeing me or talking to me. Like even this is more personal on this like zoom type of communication than like having, if I was just chatting with you on it or if it was just over audio. So I want people to get to know me before they actually, that's the way that they're going to become a patient is to get to know me, like me and trust me. And then they'll want to become a patient. So the way to do that is through my captions. If I'm just posting photos and I have like two sentences, that's probably not going to get someone's attention. But if I'm talking more and yeah, probably most people will look at my captions and think, oh, here's another long caption, whatever. And they'll just scroll past it. But the people that actually read it and comment it and like it are the people that do become the patients. And if you think about it, I know you guys mentioned I have like my following on Instagram, but you don't need a big number of people following you on Instagram for it to be successful for your business. You just need people that are dedicated that want to be your patient. So if you have 200 followers, but those 200 people want to be your patient, you're good. Yeah, that no, I, I, well, that's, that's an important point. We've talked about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's right. the whole like a thousand yeah. loyal followers. Yes. I forget the guy who you know who did yeah. that you know yeah. years ago, but it's it, you don't have to be everything to everybody. But if you have your crew, right. yes, that's, that's it. Well, let me ask you. So we had actually we had uh, um, Laura Molly and uh, Michael Anderson from Wondrous on the show. You know, uh, yeah, for probably about a month or two ago, and they had some interesting suggestions with this stuff. But like, how did you get into this? Do you do you have a consultant that you work with, or is this just a, a passion oh. or, or a hobby of yours okay. to to like, to do this? Because so, you're obviously very good at so it. When I um, when the person I had partnered with left the business. I didn't have any money for marketing. I, like I said, I was like, oh, I have to pay for rent. I have to still pay for supplies. I have overhead and I have no patience. So how am I going to get patience? So that's when I really started using Instagram and Facebook to kind of like connect with people. And it took a really long time. I, but I decided that I was going to post every single day for one year on Instagram and see if it would work for me. And because I saw other businesses using it, not necessarily in the medical profession, but like in other professions. And I was like, well, why can't I do it? There's got to be a method to the madness. So I, I did. I posted for one year and I swear it was like that one year mark. And I got one patient in 
and they they signed up for a $6,500 treatment plan that day. And I was like, oh my goodness. So it worked. So that was great. And then in that same month, I had like four more people come in. And so I was like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden it was like a flood of people. And you, you guys have to understand, I didn't have a new patient for a year, Jeez, a yeah. year. And all of a sudden, so I started asking them like, oh, where did you find me? Oh, Instagram. And I, I started, once I came in for a few appointments, I said, can I ask you what about those posts like made you wanna come in? And so I was like, I'm just trying to understand. So I would actually talk to them about it and understand what it was that triggered them to want to come in. And then from there, I just, I would do that all the time. Like I would post and I would analyze and then I would see what's working and what's not working. And so, um, no, I don't have anyone I consult with. I've tried working with a few companies before that would help me like grow my social platforms and none of them have ever worked out. So I just do everything myself. I think it's better to do it that way. The way you're doing it, Paul, is fine. Like if you you do a lot of it and you have someone helping you, I think that's okay. But you're like the mastermind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, I mean, it's a good point. I am very into words and content and I post so much on Facebook. So I always am sharing the... Um, what I want the message to be. Uh, people are better like coming up with all those great hashtags, such like technique. And then, you know, my wife is a, like a photographer. I, I also, you know, I, I see the value now of like some good pictures that you have yes. instead of just, I was, I was treating a little much like Facebook initially and it's just a different vehicle and I, I wasn't having as much, but I really think it's fun. You know, and the one thing I want to mention, Rob, before we wrap up, I think it's cool. And, and I see you do this a lot. I mean, I, I did this poll for this thing here because polls with dentists are good for engagement because they don't have to write a lot. Just click and the Instagram yeah. stories have great polls and you, you can say, Hey, yeah. did, I did one, you know, Hey, does your dental school, I did it today. Did, does your dental school review AGDs and GPRs with you? And you know, 20 people say yes, five say no. And, uh, yeah. you can interact with the people that did it. So I've, I'm really enjoying the Instagram stories, you know, as a component of it too, for sort of quick yeah, daily interaction. So I think the, I'm, uh, I, I like it. I know you'll be uh, coming to visit us and sharing about all this. So what are you looking forward to doing in Philadelphia? You're bringing your husband, right? I when am. Nice. I'm so looking forward to having a Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a, all, nine straight meals, just nachos and cheesesteaks. And then you can go back to, your, go. Go back to your LA life. People just have green juice and gym. air for lunch. She's like, what are you having for lunch yeah. today? I'm having air. Um, uh, what did you yesterday? Same thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, just, just uh, awesome to talk with you. Thanks for sharing all this. We're thrilled to have you come to the... Uh, Dennis Team Boost. We have a great lineup and some other cosmetic dentists. I look forward to introducing you. I can right tell I like connecting people in person. Uh, Dennis getting out and uh, being normal. So we have, uh, you know, lucky to have come from all the way across the country. It won't be as cold as it is now in Philadelphia when you come. Oh, so that'll be good. Good. Um, good. Thank you. I'm excited too. I'm really excited. Hey, so Desiree, yeah, thanks for thanks for being on the show. Now, if people want to uh, get in touch with you or contact you, how, how's the best way to do that? Um, I think Instagram is best, just at Dr. Yazan, D-R-Y-A-Z-D-A-N. And I'm very responsive. I try to get to everyone as soon as I can. Sometimes it takes a few days, but I eventually get back to everyone. That's cool. Understandably. Yeah, right? yeah, that is. That is. Um, <laughs> well, uh, thanks for jumping on with us. Enjoy the rest of the day with your Pomeranian. What's your Pomeranian's name there? Napoleon. Oh, Napoleon. Cool. Um, yes. Yes. He's a cutie. He's my little fur baby. I love him. Well, we, we appreciate you being on here with us and uh, look forward for to seeing you. Thank you for having me. Oh, our pleasure. Look forward to seeing you in uh, person in Philadelphia in May. Thanks, Desiree. I can't wait. I'll see you guys soon. Thank you. See you. Thanks, Desiree.
Bye. That was really cool, Paul. Now, I mean, I have a whole nother level of appreciation for the 103,000 Instagram followers. Now. Yeah, I know. You, know. You, see, you see that. Yeah, out of necessity, right? So, yeah. you know, as with a lot of times where people, you know, have adversity, you know, that's that's what really separates, you know, the uh, the real uh, the real winners here. And obviously Desiree was dealt a, a really bad hand yeah. there. Uh, careful about getting Wi-Fi on the plane yeah, now. Yeah, I know. Right? That's, that's, and uh, I, I, it's not uh, every day someone can surprise Rob with a, a story. So that's, you know, with a, with a dental focused attorney story. So uh, I just thought that was, you know, cool for to share. And uh, you, you could see that, like, uh, she did, the, you know, getting those patients. And we've talked about it. It, it attracts the patients that you want to see, though. So right. that, that's like a good reason to do it, too. Sure. Because, you know, whether it's clients, whether it's customers in your restaurant, whether it's dental patients, uh, your day goes better when you attract people that you, you know, want to do your work with. And I think that's one of the real values of using Instagram. Yeah. Or, but it goes back to, you know, we've had other guests on the show. It's always a very big Jamie Amos, you know, yeah. theme. Like, you Surfer, know, what do yeah. you want? You know, yeah. and, and you get to really build the practice that you want. And, you know, sometimes that comes out of the worst of adversity. You know, here it is. You know, she just gets stood up by her partner yeah. while she's on vacation, you know, 30,000 feet in the air, reading about right, this yeah. you know, on, on her email and Wi-Fi. And, you know, the initial reaction is, this is horrible. And she clearly didn't sulk and, and bury herself. Yeah. And she figured out a way to do it. And now what she has is hers, and it's a lot better. Yeah. And, you know, it's truly, you know, the as you said, it's like the surfer dental practice. But, you know, I also think, you know, with the, with the Instagram, you know, so many people do marketing generally, especially the social media marketing, and they just do it. And if you go through the motions with that stuff and say, like, why do I only have 2,000 followers? Or why do I only have 500 yeah. followers? You know, you know, I'm, I, I have an Instagram account. Well, there's a difference between having an Instagram Instagram account and really doing Instagram. Yeah. And Desiree obviously pays her dues and spent the time, figured it out, and and on a regular basis for a year every day yeah. she posted. Right? And that, that paid that her dues. It's also just it really shares who she is uh, for, and that's. It's a cool way to connect with potential patients. Really, the first time in dentistry we've been able to do something like this because usually, you know, you know, yellow page ads, uh, emails, SEO, but none of those really can transmit to the patient who you are. And right. I think as a patient, and anyway, it's kind of cool way to sort of find people you want to work with on as a consumer. You know, yeah. whether I was looking for a doctor or looking for. Uh, Tony, I think we'll see more and more of it. Uh, like when we had the Wondrous on and they were talking about this, I think it's so important. And with you and Jamie doing startups, I think it will probably start to be infused into what you talk about with people because it's a... Well, um, those guys do. I mean, yeah. That's Jamie and his crew. It's, yeah. it's big with them. It's a little better than a, a postcard, right? Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And you kind of said, you were saying, you made a good comment, you know, get mugged with advertising. It's just a different way to connect with people. And uh, uh, I think that, you know, engagement, people do like engagement. They just want it to feel like something that it's not oh, totally one-sided you know her example of you know reaching out to someone with the hashtags near you is a, is a cool thing yeah that's cool and she diys it which usually we don't like right but obviously desiree I, I was just saying out. i actually think because it's just so new that someone like her and other people there's some others like they're on such the cutting edge of kind of figuring out how this machine works right. that you know she'll do some courses and other people i it, it's uh you know, we always, you know, say get good consultants, get good people. The technology and the way it's being used is just kind of so new to dentist. I mean, if, you know, I, if I, I will stick up for my, my, my people, Rob, it's like, you know, let's say you got a 50 year old dentist and he just got a, he just got a website. He just got Facebook. It's like, okay, I'm good. It's like, not good. You got to do Instagram. It just becomes <laughs> right. so hard Friends. to, you know, it's just, it's a lot to process these new ways and it's moving so quickly. Yeah. Uh, 
and you know that's just why it adds to what she said about being an owner stress you're doing 15 52 things at the end they say you got to do your instagram account so i think it's just uh something we'll see more and more of yeah, yeah. and i know a 50 year old lawyer that sometimes feels that way 50's the new 30 that's what they say yeah 30's the new 10 10's you're about to you're not born yet right, right yeah, on, yeah. Right so on. uh that's good hey uh thanks paul it's always fun and uh, everyone thanks for uh for listening if you like the show write a good review on itunes or google play tune in next time thanks See you guys next time. Thanks for listening to another great podcast with The Dental Amigos. And don't forget to tune in next time to have the dental business demystified. If you're looking for more information about today's podcast, you can find it on thedentalamigos.com. If you're looking for Paul, you can find Paul at drpaulgoodman.com. And if you're looking for Rob, you can find him at yourdentallawyer.com. This podcast has been sponsored by Orange Line Media Group, helping dentists and other professionals create content people love. Find out how we can help you take your business to the next level at www.orangelinemg.com. Till next time.